You can always do something small in the beginning that will give you the confidence to continue to do more things as you're getting started in learning. Hi, everyone. Jill Stableman from Stories Inc. here, back with another Spotlight episode. For those of you who don't know, I live in Oregon near the mountains, and I really love to hike. As I was listening to this latest conversation, I started to think about if my career was a hike, what kind of hike would it be? And for me, it would be one with a bunch of switchbacks, a few offshoot trails into different places, and at least one dead end. That's why I'm so impressed by people who find their niche early on and take the direct path up the mountain throughout their career. In this previously recorded session, Bernadette from Stories is talking with one of our favorite industry people, Jamia Belton. Jamia has gone from talent acquisition, social media intern to talent director and built a very successful career off the things that she knows best. There are so many great pieces of advice in this episode from how to best manage relationships between the business and agencies, how Jamia learned to love data, how she approached her new leadership role, and how she gets out of her own way and gets past imposter syndrome. We could all learn a little bit more about that, right? I'm so excited for you to learn more about how to build a career in employer brand, recruitment marketing, and talent. Hello, everybody out there. Today, we have a very special session. We are joined by Jamia Belton. And we are going to be talking about how to build an impactful career in employer brand and recruitment marketing. Welcome, Jamia. How's it going? Hi, thank you for having me. We're really excited to have Jamia today because she got her start in social media recruiting and then really has built her career in recruitment marketing and employer brand, which has led her to her current role of director of talent experience at Sodexo. So I'm sure there's a lot of things that happen in between the LinkedIn career headers, but that's what we're going to dive into a little bit today. So Jamia, I would love to take a second, introduce yourself and maybe give us like a high level overview of your career and just quickly what kind of led you to different steps and building blocks along the way. Sure. Yes. I originally, I, I graduated from North Carolina A&T uh, State University and I majored in journalism uh, and mass communications with a concentration in PR. So I thought I was going to work for a PR firm and be in, in New York or LA or somewhere doing PR, but I fell into social media and recruitment marketing through an internship. And so I interned with Time Warner Cable at the time, and I was a social media intern for talent acquisition. I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I knew social media was growing. I loved being on it personally. And so I felt like it was a really good fit for me to be able to do that. And then after I graduated, I was offered an opportunity with Time Warner Cable at the time. And so from there, it started really in the social media space. But then I got to really experience like what that meant for talent acquisition. And so what it meant to tell employee stories, what it meant to share what jobs we were hiring for, and really helping people find jobs through social media. And then from there, it was really learning really about recruitment marketing and what that really means. And it truly is what it means. Marketing for recruiting opportunities, for jobs, attracting people to the organization, and really diving deeper into employer brand. And really what that means for a company and why someone should want to work here. And so I loved it. I felt like I was able to share employee stories. I, I felt like I was able to use some of my degree in journalism and writing and putting together content and really doing it organically. And then really diving into the analytics side of it. And, and that really interests me. I'm not an, an analytics girl. I love content and storytelling and branding. But 
um, it is very interesting and you feel very proud of the work that you're doing when you see other people are engaging with it. You're able to really talk to people and really see the traction and really sh show the business also that this is working and this is why someone applied to your job because they saw it on Facebook or LinkedIn. So in that first job, were you kind of part of a bigger team too? Yes. So I was a part of the talent acquisition team within the larger talent and learning team. Awesome. I feel like you can go so many different ways when you're earlier in your career. Like I've worked with mostly small companies and then I've had a lot of growth and experience of being able to take charge early. But then I also yep. think there's so much benefit of being a part of that bigger team early in your experience. You have like established leaders and people who ha have been doing this work for a long time that can really introduce you to data, introduce you to new skill sets and bring you into the fold. Exactly. Yeah. And I had a lot of that along the way. I had someone that I worked very closely with. We were definitely partners in crime with getting all of the social media and recruitment marketing off the ground for Tom Warner Cable. I, I leaned on him a lot for just the knowledge and really understanding like how this actually works. And then diving into partnering with vendors and vendor relationships and building those partnerships. That was really important in the beginning and really learning how to navigate that and feeling comfortable doing that was something that was really big, definitely starting out. Yeah, and that seems like a lot. And yes. so from there, it went into a little bit more of a, I guess, maybe a broader recruit marketing role. So like that was social media based and then like you went a little bit bigger from there. Exactly. Yeah. So from there, I was managing the partnerships that we had with our vendors, with our agency, running campaigns. But even before we had uh, an agency, we were running campaigns on our own. We had an agency that ran our career site. But then when it came to doing like social media ads, we were doing it. We were the ones going into the Facebook analytics and posting and bidding and seeing what worked best. And so, yeah, my role grew from there with it going into more of a recruitment marketing like specialist and then into a manager role. And at the time I wasn't a people manager as I started going up, up the ranks a little bit, I, I was getting my feel for what it felt like to be a manager. So I was able to have an intern. And so then that was cool to see, wow, I, I was an intern and now I have an intern. But it was very cool to be able to run those campaigns on our own until we got an agency. And then from there, it was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. My agency knows what they're doing. So now let's really make some magic in what we really want to do to be able to promote these roles. And being able to do it first on my own allowed me to see where I needed to really place the value, really allowed me to work closely with the business as well to make sure that they are getting what they need. And so I became like a liaison between the business and our agency. They're not working day to day with the business. They don't know what the, the true struggles are with hiring. So that allowed me to dig into the data on our side, share that data with our agency, come together and see what is really going to work best from a campaign perspective from a budget perspective and see really where our money needs to go to be able to get the hires that, that we need. So interesting. I feel like that's such a unique experience that you had to be able to do the actual campaigns and then to get the experience of managing vendors and creating an impact as that kind of liaison. Because it's like, those are two very different things and yeah. kind of require like some different skill sets. Yeah. So as you move, were there any kind of like challenges bet between that transition at all? Yeah, a little bit, because in this space, things change so fast. And I, like I said in the beginning, I'm not an analytics girl. So I know what I know. And I really had to lean on 
our agency and our vendors to really be able to say, okay, tell me exactly how this is working. Because the business is saying they're not seeing an impact from what we're doing. So we have to make sure this is actually working. And so it was a little bit of a challenge um, because you're spending money at this point and you need to make sure you're getting the bang for your book. And so that was a little bit difficult for me because it was like, I'm trying to tell the story to the business of what is actually happening, what we're doing to support them. Then also I'm like, hey, agency, I need you to really help me sell this story too. So I have to understand it. So I think a learning curve for me really was the analytic piece, really understanding it for myself and finding the story that made sense in the data for myself so that I could be able to share it back to the business. Do you have any tips for maybe anyone out there who's getting into their first role where they're going to be in this kind of vendor management position or just like any actions you took along the way to educate yourself on that data piece? I would definitely say when you're working with uh, a partner, I would be very clear on what the goal is for the business and what are we really trying to see? What are we solving for? That was the biggest piece for me. I needed to know, okay, what's the end goal? Now, what do we, let's back into this and see what we actually need to do. And so I would say definitely make sure you're clear on the end goal because when you're in this type of role where our a liaison between the, your colleagues and a vendor, you're relaying mes- the message back to the vendor. And so you have to make sure you're extremely clear when you're going back to the vendor to say, this is exactly what we need. This is what we're missing. Hey, this is not what I'm seeing from you. You should feel very comfortable in saying, hey, no, this is, we're missing the mark here. Let's try this one more time. Let's see, if, is, is there anything else that we can do? Hey, I did a little digging on my end and I saw that some candidates came from X. Let's see what else we can do here. And really understanding it for yourself before you get yourself stuck in what is actually going on. Like business saying this, vendor saying this, something is missing here. And so you have to be clear on that middle piece. You also have to be really comfortable being in the gray because sometimes stuff just does not make sense. And that's okay. You have to really figure out what works best. And also, if you are an organization that has several business units, not every site, not every vendor is going to work for every business unit. Indeed, might work well for sales, but it may not work well for your customer service roles. So you just have to figure out, like, what are the sites, where are your candidates coming from, and really understand it for yourself so that you can really be that true voice for your business and a good partner to your vendor. Really good tips there. And I feel like if I had to summarize that, it's that in, when you're in that kind of vendor management position, be an active player in that relationship. Definitely. Yep. You you have a very big hand in the success between the end customer and the vendor there. Definitely. I didn't know, I didn't know we were going to get into that, but I think that's <laughs> really interesting. Like a lot of a lot of people out there are in positions where they're doing it all themselves, but then that vendor piece is a really important piece too. So I feel like yep. that's, it's just, yeah, good skills to have. So I guess taking like a, a, a different look at what it's like to build your career. So as you are looking at different organizations and you're evaluating them, maybe when you're in that interview process, what do you look for in an employer brand? Like how do you evaluate, okay, this is a place where I can grow or this is a place where I can make an impact. What did that experience look like for you? Yeah, so really looking at what are they saying on social media. Social media is king. That's where people are going to share their honest opinions. LinkedIn, people looking comments. Like people are going to say how they feel. 
and then Glassdoor, like that is huge as well. But also starting points, when you're looking for a job, you know, you may see the job on LinkedIn, but then you're going to start going down a hole. So you're going to go to the careers. So what does their career site say? What are they saying on there? Does it feel authentic? Are they using stock photos? Are they using their real employees? Are they telling stories on their career site that really shows that this is a real employee? And then the job descriptions, like what are they saying in the job? How, how are they telling the story of their EVP throughout their uh, job descriptions? And is it one that feels authentic? I think you can certainly tell from any type of content that, that a company puts out, if it feels authentic or if it doesn't, if it feels like it's something that hasn't been refreshed in a while, um, you can truly see that. And then also like when you are looking at what other people are saying, look how long someone has actually been at the company. And don't just look for people that are in management positions. Look at what frontline people are saying. You know, if they've been there for a year, like what was their onboarding experience? Like you can see that through how they post on LinkedIn. They're proud to join a company or if they are, you know, continuing to post throughout their, you know, first six months or so. If you find someone that just joined a company, but you can get that feel from online. But, you know, that is really the starting point of, you know, getting a feel of if this would actually work for you as well. And then, of course, you get into, you know, if you know, the benefits work for you, how do they talk about that? How do they talk about the company culture? And how do they speak to it from an employer standpoint, but also telling the story of what is actually in it for, for you? And so I try to find those bits and pieces. It's not always going to be clear. You're not always going to see it everywhere, but you will find it. You will start to see, oh, okay, like they are consistently saying this or they are consistently saying this in different ways, but it makes sense. And it, you get that, that real feeling and sense that, yes, this could actually work for me. And those are all really good tips there. Really what that does, it just would show you what you'd be walking into. So I think there's, there's a lot of employer brand, recruit marketing, talent acquisition people out there who they want a challenge. Like they want to go into a place that like, maybe this is a great place to work, but they haven't built as robust of a recruit marketing strategy or they haven't been able to update their assets in a while. And that's something that is really exciting to someone to go in. Exactly. Or yeah. someone who like really just like loves to fine tune and have really successful campaigns and have a lot of strategic thinking around that. Maybe you want something that has a little bit is a little bit more built out and that you can go in and like fine tune and grow and iterate on. So it just exactly. is like understanding what's there and then like evaluating with yourself what you're looking for. Exactly. And like for me, I knew that I wanted to challenge. I knew that at the heart of what I enjoy doing is sharing employee stories. I love also helping people understand like why somewhere is a great place to work. And going going into this role, I knew that I was going to be challenged in a way that I would have to level up a little bit because I, in my scope, I have onboarding. I have never really overhauled a full onboarding process from a talent experience perspective. I knew that this, that piece of it for me would be, would be a challenge. And the role was very unique in a way that it is really focused internally. So focused on our employees. Um, and a lot of my uh, experience before was external. So candidate attraction. Um, and so I knew that I would be challenged in a way that made me very uncomfortable. But I knew that it would be a good fit because I had that kind of foundation of the candidate attraction piece. And then being able to tell those employee stories, I knew that would help me along the way as well. Mm -hmm. 
That's a really good transition into talking a little bit about what it's like when you join a new company. Any advice you have for ramping up? What in your current role, what did that first 30, 60, 90 days look like? How do you feel like you and or the company set you up for success? And then what that transition is going into that first director level position, which I imagine is a (laughs) different beast than maybe you've encountered before. Yeah, definitely. So I would say for me personally, starting, I was very excited. I knew that this would be, like I said, a challenge. But I also knew that I did not want to come into an organization where I'm like just bringing everything that I learned and this is what we should do. So I came into it with the open mind of, hey, I want to learn from you. And I told my team, I want to learn from you. I want to know what you are already doing. Show me what's working well. Tell me what you would like to do as well. Tell me what really gets you excited. And that was how I started, really wanting to understand from my team what they enjoyed and what they were currently working on. I knew that we were at the beginning point of, you know, launching and redesigning the EVP. I knew that work, that foundational work had already started. So I wanted to know what does that look like? What does that look like from a project perspective for you? But then also from a team perspective, like there was a lot of things that were going on that they had been working on together and it was great work. So I wanted to continue what was actually working well. And then I needed to understand the business first and foremost, like, that was that was something that I had top priority because this was a different industry. I had never been in in this industry before, and the majority of my experience was in telecommunications. So it was definitely different, but I still had that experience for the frontline experience that I had working with frontline employees and attracting, and that being the foundation of the the organization. I had some similarities there. So I would say the first thirty and even sixty days was truly learning the business, how it works, how our segments are set up, you know, how we are communicating with employees. That was the true kind of starting point for me. And then understanding like what technologies are we using? How are we communicating? Where are we on social media? Because social media is still a part of my scope as well from an organic perspective. So we push out all careers, organic content. So I needed to understand like what that looked like and who was managing that as well so that we could continue things. Because when someone new starts, it, it feels like a little bit of a pause because everybody, you have to get ramped up. You have to learn the person, you have to learn your team, like all of that. So I wanted to make sure everything that was working well could continue to keep working well while I was getting, getting ramped up. My team did a very good job of helping me on board and helping me learn the business and really get started. And the really good thing about our organization is that People have been here for a while. It's really good to know the history and the backstory and, and what we used to do. Maybe you like it or you liked it and you don't do it anymore. Or maybe we try to do it again in a new way. So it's really good to have that context from other employees that have been here much longer than obviously me. So that was really the foundation. And then I focused on small wins. So what could we do that was an easy lift that would be, you know, a really kind of a, a splash, but a, a small win for us. And, and so I focused on what I knew. And again, social media. So I went back to that and I said, okay, we managed this. Let's look at the content. What are we, sh- what are we sharing on here? Last year, director shared an example of a, a graphic, an animation that she saw on social media and was like, hey, can you look at this and see what you can do? And I was like, okay. And I have someone that is really good on my team that is is fast and she likes to dabble in graphics. And so I said, hey, you think we could 
redesign this for our employees and see how we could really shape this so that new hires can use this to share that they join the company. And so it turned into our I Said Yes animation where our employees were able to take the little animation. It says, I Said Yes to Sodexo. We gave them social media instructions on how to post and what then in an example of what it could look like. And we said, hey, you're a new hire. Share this on LinkedIn that you've joined Sodexo and share your own story. And so it went viral like instantly because it was like, oh, I have something to actually use. I am excited to share this. I am excited to join a new company. And it was a small win, but it went so far and we were all excited about it. And it's, it's continued to spiral into other things. So we're like, oh, this landed well. Let's see how we can do this in another way. And then we took a spin on it and used it for our current employees to say, why did you say yes to Sodexo? Why have you stayed? And to share that story, because when employees are actually sharing their own story, that is what is going to continue to amplify your EP and your employer brand. And people believe people. That's That was a really good win for us. And it was small. So you can always do something small in the beginning that will give you the confidence to continue to do more things as you're getting started in learning. That's such good advice. And thank you for walking through that example. That's an awesome example. But I, I love what you said, small men, and then focusing on what you know best, which yep. was that content social media piece. So it's you have the confidence in this new job. Let's not tackle the biggest, hardest problem when you're still figuring out how everything's working. Yep. And then that example is so perfect, too, because it, it really brought your team together. And yep. I, I would think it probably earned more trust from them. They're like, oh, like, Jimmy is a team player. She's she's looking to work with us. She wants to, us to use our skill sets and things like that, that. I feel like that also builds that team trust to be able to continue to move forward and tackle the kind of the harder stuff. Definitely. And you had a great point, like not trying to tackle the things that you aren't as confident in the very beginning. Going back to my point on onboarding, I know that is a big part of my role. That is huge for our organization. But I knew I was not going to come in the first 30, 60 or 90 days and say, hey, this is exactly what I think we should do for onboarding because I hadn't fully gone through my onboarding experience. Now, it's unique for me because I had to go through onboarding. So now I'm able to see, okay, what does this actually look like? And then I could bring those ideas and have my wheels spinning as I'm going through onboarding to say, okay, I love this. Maybe we switch this. Maybe here's an idea we could do, but not just jumping right into tackling the biggest piece. Because I think that's one kind of how you lose trust in yourself if something doesn't work like you thought it would. Um, and you don't really start out with that confidence that you really need to get started. Anything else from like this first director level position of lessons learned or tips for anyone who's also entering their first leadership position? I would say imposter syndrome is real and it's, it's normal. If you do experience that going into a, a new role or a new leadership role, try to remind yourself of the things that you have done, the things that you have accomplished and use that as leverage to dig yourself out of that, that imposter syndrome. Going into a director role, it's, oh my gosh, I'm a director. Okay, so then in my mind, I'm thinking about all the directors that I've worked for on, on teams. So I'm like, how do they do it? And what would they say? And you get in your head a little bit. And I think that's normal. So I, I want everyone to know that is something that is, is truly normal, especially going into a new opportunity, a new company. You just never know. and so. 
for me, what helped me again was really remembering what I've done, the work that I've done and what I enjoy. And so that kind of helped me get out of my own head and not really compare to what I've seen, but also lean on the people that you've worked for. Pull out some of the things that you really enjoy when you work for that particular person. Even go back to them. I went back to so many people and said, hey, what do you think about this? Or I feel this way. Did you feel this way? And so that helps as well. You you have a work village that you've built over your career. And so you should lean on that when you are starting new roles and new leadership roles because you've never been here before. So you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, I think that's a great tip too, that you're going to meet a ton of wonderful people throughout your career and you can learn specific things from so many people too, like how to handle that question in a meeting, how to delegate more effectively, whatever it is. I think that's a great point. Definitely. Awesome. Thanks, Jamia. This is such a great I learned a lot. (laughs) I both out there, whether you are actively job hunting or just always thinking about how you can proactively build your career. Um, I think there's a lot of tips to learn here. So thank you so much for taking the time to share with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great. Okay. Raise your hand if you're impressed. A big thank you to Jamia for sharing her insight, experience, and knowledge. And as always, thank you for listening in. Head over to storiesincorporated.com for more resources, guides, and tips on growing your employee story efforts, no matter what role you're in.